Thank you for listening to the Reconnect Marriage Podcast. I'm Dr. Steve Call. And I'm Lisa Call. And we are dedicated to having conversations that cultivate connection in our marriage. Thank you for joining us. Our conversation this episode is a continued conversation between Lisa and I around shame. Uh, because we, we want to be intentional, <laughs> both with one another, but also with those of you listening uh, around the the area, the topic of shame, because it, it tends to play a very significant role in our marriage relationship. Right. I mean, unfortunately, we probably could talk about shame on every podcast. <laughs> we right. could. I mean, it, it enters in at some it does, yeah. point, time, mm-hmm. area, multiple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it is a it is a common thread. We could say that uh, in so much of our marriage relationship, and I think for many of us, we at times either we might not be aware of it, but we also don't want to be aware of it uh, mm-hmm. because of the the work that it is relationally sometimes to actually acknowledge where shame is at play mm-hmm. uh, in our dynamic in our relationship. And it's not always just between us. We might come home from work, and something at work causes us to feel shame, so mm-hmm. we come home with it or. Or it happens in parenting, or it happens, you know, on a phone call, and but then it it enters into the dynamic of our relationship where it didn't originate there, but it enters into the dynamic. So to be able to be able to recognize it in ourselves and to recognize it in the other is just um, something that happens on a daily basis. Yeah, it can. I think that's helpful to be mindful that often the the intersection of shame in our marriage relationship is and not just between the two of us, that that often it is uh, external events, external relationships that tend to impact us, whether that might be relationships with our children or our in-laws or siblings, uh, co-workers, neighbors. Something might get triggered, activated uh, in those relational dynamics where shame can kick in and, and take place within us. We want to be mindful again how we differentiate quickly between shame and guilt, because uh, often I think those can feel or seem somewhat synonymous, but actually they're quite distinct. Guilt, guilt is uh, can be defined as uh, I feel bad for what I've done, uh, and shame is I am bad for what I've done uh, at a core. Uh, it's this essential theme of judgment. There's something wrong with me. I think that's a very helpful. Uh, remembering of how we want to be intentional about what is shame and how does it show itself up in in our relationships. And again, the theme is judgment. It usually is along the lines of what's wrong with me. Sometimes the the way shame shows itself up is uh, not just in hiding or withdrawing, as we talked about in the previous podcast, but in another relational response that we have with shame is when we are caught in the cycle of shame or feeling shame again it it can be what's wrong with me but it also the way we cope with that is we have a a response along the lines of what's wrong with you meaning we might point the finger at the other uh, what we call blame what we call blaming so there's a hiding response relational response to shame and there's a, a blaming response to shame we tend to somehow try to project uh place onto our spouse or partner the shame that we feel internally, we, we, we work hard sometimes to push it onto, place it onto our spouse as a way to cope. Yeah, I was even thinking about social media and 
I mean, we could be alone in our house and feel shame because we're looking at social media. I'm I'm very susceptible to that kind of shame. Comparison. Right. Being an Enneagram four and envy is kind of our downfall. Um, and so I could be looking at something on Instagram and feel shame because, you know, I'm not having that that experience or I'm not having that celebration or I, you know, my house doesn't look like that or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that I can, there's situations right there where I could blame, you know, you never want to go on vacation. Look at all these people. They're going <laughs> on these vacations. You, you know, you never want to have big parties at our house and look at this picture of this party or whatever it might be. It's just, it's everywhere. It is. And it, again, has that theme of what you just named as judgment. Uh, It's a core uh, internal way we respond, cope with with something's not quite right within us. Uh, And so one of our invites for those of you listening is to pay attention to moments or experiences where you might or tend to respond to the shame that you feel the judgment towards self, what's wrong with me, the the way you might project, the way you might blame, the way you might use that. And it, it often comes up in the words like always or never. Uh, you, you, you never pay attention to me. Uh, you, you're always late for our time for a cup of coffee in the morning. Uh, it, it It's in simple everyday moments that tend to reveal where shame is at play, uh, is how we respond to that internal script of what's wrong with me is is a, just that classic relational response of saying it's got to be about you because I cannot bear the reality mm-hmm. that there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a common dynamic with us, well, with me personally has been, you know, just being noticed, wanting to be noticed. And mm-hmm. when I'm not noticed for whatever reason by you or, you know, I I tend to take it personally where I, I feel shame for myself, but then I can turn it so easily into blame where, well, you just, you, you're not paying attention to me. You just, you don't notice you're distracted. Um, you know, I want to blame you and just, you always, you know, you always distracted. You don't notice me. And that's just kind of an example of that, where I feel the shame of wanting to be noticed, but then also having that judgment toward the shame that I don't even want to admit that I want you to notice me, mm-hmm. you know? So it's just, it's complex. And so I kind of want to just throw it back at you. Which is a common, unfortunately, uh, an unfortunate experience for many of us is I want to give it back to you. I, w- I want to somehow say it's because of you or it's your fault or uh, as a as a way to cope. Right. One of the other important parts of navigating this conversation around shame is yes, the relational response of, of both hiding and or blaming in how we cope with shame, but also we, we want to be intentional uh, about our own story uh, within our own family of origin. For many of us, uh, shame took root. Uh, it took root and it grew roots deeply uh, in our experiences in our own family, uh, particularly with our attachment figure. We've talked about the attachment figure before in previous episodes, but the the primary attachment figure in our life, the, the person that tended to be responsible, the primary one that tended to respond when we had need, essentially. For many of us, when we did have need, uh, our attachment figure, the person, again, responsible for responding to those needs, 
uh, was was not attuned, what we might call a name misattunement. There was a misattuned response to us. That's a that's an important feature uh, for many of us that might struggle with with chronic shame or shame that just seems so familiar in almost every day or a common experiences in our marriage. Uh, just it it it's as there's a short fuse is almost a, a different way to describe it. It's that there can be a really quick fuse uh, and then boom we're already there. And misattunement is essentially is this inability for whatever reason, to not respond to the need. Uh, a lack of access, lack of presence, face and or the body of the other just simply says, I, I don't really see you, I don't really notice you, I'm not really paying attention to you. And that is a, a, a key piece uh, for some of us. It's to be able to be intentional, if, if not already, to be aware of your story around how was, not just how was need responded to, but was, was there misattunement? Was the face of the caregiver, was, were the family members just unresponsive, unavailable, uh, this lack of attunement? And so, of course, in our marriage relationship, when there's misattunement or lack of attunement, uh, it, our, our shame script can be, whew, it can be a very loud uh, in bold letters, uh, this internal almost consumption or being consumed by shame. Mm -hmm. Just pervasive, I think, too. Pervasive. Just deeply rooted. Deeply and... rooted. Uh, it's it's very disorienting. That's mm -hmm. another way to describe it. We've lost our bearings. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it It's as if we can't think clearly, we can't feel clearly, uh, this tidal wave of emotion. And, and what we crave when we are consumed by shame is we crave empathy. Brene Brown again, you know, she writes that that empathy is the antidote for shame, meaning that that when we are consumed by shame, when we are in this tidal wave of shame, some of us call it a shame storm, uh, shame pit. Uh, there's various descriptors for those of you listening. What might you call yours? Uh, but when we are consumed in this tidal wave of shame, uh, we the emotion of shame is a right brain state of being. Right brain is, is the sense of where our emotion is housed, where we feel emotion deeply, and we crave a, a, a right brain to right brain response. Empathy is a right brain response. And Whereas a lot of times we want to come in with a left brain response. We're, we're logical. We're like, wait, that didn't make sense. I didn't really say it that way. I want to defend myself. Or why are you responding like that? You look fine, you know, or whatever it is. We want to be logical sometimes about it, which doesn't help the one that's really deep in that f sense, that emotion of feeling mm -hmm. shame. It, it, you know, it, it might sound almost simple, but it's it's more complex because I think the person that's in shame, they're they're not always wanting to be noticed. They're not always wanting to admit it. So there's a lot of hiding going on at the mm -hmm. same time. So the other person has to be a little bit more pursuing. And, um, you know, even if they are curious, maybe the one that's feeling the shame doesn't really want to tell. They don't want to reveal that. They, You know, so it's it's more complex than just, oh, tell me what's going on. Oh, well, let me just tell you. You know, it just, it's, it just depends how pervasive it is, how deep it is, mm -hmm. how deeply rooted. 
Yeah, that that's a uh, a very common relational response in marriage, both in ours at times, but also in the couples I work with clinically, and then in the couples that we interact with in the Reconnect Marriage Workshops. As we talk about the 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 often the common response we have to one another, shame is that left brain logic reasoning. Uh, we we tend to try to make sense of it. We try to try to somehow meet it with, well, that's not what I meant, or that's not what I said, or we ask, the, we use the word "why." Why do you feel that way? What's wrong with you? Or somehow we we think that we can talk our spouse, our partner, out of what they feel. And what we want to be intentional in this conversation is that I don't know if we can ever be talked out of the shame that we feel. Mm-hmm. We can be felt out of the shame we feel, meaning when we are met with a right brain response of attunement, which is what attunement is, it's housed in this right brain, emotional, attuned, I see you, I get it, I can see how that was hard for you. I mean, those are phrases that that we've encouraged ourselves to use and also those that we've worked with. Those are, I think, common, helpful phrases. Mm-hmm. Those are phrases of empathy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, a key one is just, it's just two words. It's just, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a really common one that is very just comforting. You know, of course you feel like that. When, when someone says that to you, you just feel like, oh, okay. It just, it calms your, it just literally calms you down and and you can start to think clearly. And so just saying some of those things, even at the beginning, really helps the other to calm down, to be able to actually put words to what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the of course is a powerful phrase. Uh, it's one of the most helpful, I, I would say, interventions even as a, a therapist or psychologist in my own working and, and for those other others that are working with, with couples or clients. It's the of course is, is tremendously powerful because it, it validates and it again communicates what we've talked about for before is that it, it communicates you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I see you, I'm with you. Uh, which is what empathy is. Empathy, mm-hmm. again, to feel into. That's how we define empathy, mm-hmm. to feel into the other. So I think we're so afraid that, am I okay here? You know, what's what's wrong with me? Like at a deep, deep core level, sometimes shame just takes us to that deep sense of, oh my goodness, what if I'm not okay? You know, and so to, to have someone say, of course you feel like that. It, this is a, you know, this is a situation that, of course you would feel like that or however they can put that word to it mm-hmm. just really gives that calming effect of, Oh, okay. I'm going to be okay. I'm, I'm not as far off as I thought I was. So. Yeah. I think the the validation of the shame uh, is an essential part of how we cope with it, uh, how we recover from it, uh, how we both experience uh, the sense of being soothed, of being comforted, uh, it's similar to uh, what what we might use as an example. It's not the same, but it's very similar. Uh, let's just say and imagine that we were, you know, three, four, or five years old, and we were in our bedroom, and we were afraid. We were afraid of something, uh, which I think for most of us that is a it, it is a very common, normal, uh, specific develop, developmental stage of 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 course we're terrified. We're afraid. Uh, we're afraid maybe of something under the bed or something in the closet, whatever it might be, the monster. Uh, and and what we crave, what we need, what we long for in that moment is we we crave the the parent, the caregiver to come in and 
completely validates the fear, something along the lines of, oh, yeah, I could see how you might be afraid of what's under the bed or in the closet. Hey, let's check it out. Let's look under the bed. Let's look in the closet. Let's see if there's anything there. Well, what it communicates to the child, what it communicated perhaps to us when we were a child, is it said to us, we are not alone. But any hint of judgment, any hint of the parent caregiver saying something like, gosh, what's wrong with you? Are you kidding? There's nothing under the bed. There's nothing in the closet. It, 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 first of all, it completely dismisses the reality of what's true for that person, for that child, meaning that fear is consuming them. So what do we crave? We crave safety. We crave validation. We crave somebody coming in and saying, of course, of course you might be afraid. And when we experience the sense of not being alone in our fear, not being alone in our shame, it, it reminds us that, that we don't have to endure what we are enduring alone. And I think that's the beauty of what marriage is meant to be, is it, is it is meant to be something like the parent coming into the state, to the, to the child that is consumed by fear, yeah, I don't think it comes natural. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's counterintuitive because I think the parent wants to come in and, and doesn't want to say, yeah, there might be a monster. You know, we want to say, <laughs> right. what do you, that's crazy. There's no such thing as monsters. You know, again, what you're saying is dismissing it because we're, we're trying to be in reality. But I think we can do that in marriage too. Like, that's crazy. You're, you're fine. That, yep. you, you don't, it's no big deal. Yeah, it's no big deal. Don't think There's that. no monster you look under great, the bed. You know, mm-hmm. and, seems like it would be helpful, but it's not, you know, the person that's doing it is, is, has a good intention. But when you're on the other side of that, you don't feel understood, right? You don't feel validated. You don't feel attuned to. Mm-hmm. Uh, at times when one of us was in that place, I think I might have responded and did respond as you might've as well. We might've responded with, with something along the lines of, well, you know, maybe maybe they were maybe they were having a tough day, or may, you know, maybe they had a, a hard day at work, or maybe you know, like we search for possibility to to which is the this illusion that we could alleviate our spouse, our partner from the shame that they feel. So when we when we enter into the shame of the other, it's very tempting because we want to help, and one way we try to help but isn't helpful is to try to talk him or her out of it of. Along those lines of, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the other had, again, something like that. Uh, we try to make sense. We try to talk through and talk our spouse, our partner out of what they feel by searching for clues or searching for reasons or searching for justification even. Mm-hmm. And and I think rarely, if ever, is that a helpful, unfortunately, a, a response that we need. Right. So now I'm feeling a lot of shame because that's... <laughs> Basically what I did for most of our marriage. And I think we both did. I thought I was trying, you know, I thought I was doing a good thing. Like, let's, no, no, don't go there. That's just too deep of an emotion. You know, let's, let's figure out why. Okay. I think you're okay. And, and trying to dig out of the hole. Yeah. But it's driven by this desire to do something, you know, like we don't want, I don't, yeah, we mean well. well. I don't want to see you in pain. I don't think you want to see me in pain. So we want to do something about it. And, and what we're saying is we do mean well. When we come alongside one another uh, in moments where where you I are consumed by shame, uh, is that we we want to talk and and somehow even talk the other out of what they feel 
and and yet our invitation to one another is about uh, being in it rather than doing something about it. And now it is counterintuitive. It's so counterintuitive. So counterintuitive. I know when we have conversations both in my clinical work, but with the couples in our workshops, it's when we when we have this conversation around being versus doing. Uh, it's almost like this, not panic, but something like that. Like, well, and nobody wants to sit around in bad feelings. You know, we don't want to sit around in shame or hurt or sadness. We we do everything we can to avoid that because it doesn't feel good. Right. So if, if, you know, if our spouse is feeling one of these feelings, that's hard to feel. The last thing we want to do is climb down in that feeling with, with them and sit there with it. You know, we really, we just want to, you know, get them out of it and entertain them and, mm. you know, distract them or something. But what feels really good when you're on the other side of it is when someone comes and sits with you in that sadness, you know, in that shame, in that hurt and just, like, again, it's because we feel alone in it. And when someone sits there with us for a minute and doesn't try to distract us out of it, but sits with us in it and goes, I'm here and you're not alone. Let's feel this together for a minute. Yep. It doesn't have to last for hours and hours. You know, yeah, it, 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 the counterintuitiveness again is that for many of us, we are driven to do something about pain. We are driven to do something about shame and they're, they're, I would say this is a bold statement, but rarely can we ever do something about shame. We can be something and be what the other person needs, what our partner spouse needs in the place and experience of shame. Uh, so it's being versus doing. I mean, that would be one of our invitations for those of you listening and will continue to be for us in our marriage is how we will be intentional about being with, feeling into the shame rather than doing something about it, trying to talk our spouse or partner out of it. And the the other invitation again, as we come to a close is, is where do you notice uh, blame showing itself up uh, as a relational response uh, in moments of shame that we might not even be aware of, uh, but where, where might it, where might it show itself up? And, and lastly, to be intentional about reflecting on story, uh, was misattunement part of your story? Was there a, a lack of presence in the moments of hurt, pain, even shame? Uh, when you felt something deeply, uh, were there moments or experiences where you craved attunement and it was missing? Because again, that can be part of where and how shame is deeply rooted uh, in part of our story. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would just love to have you try these short phrases, you know, try to Insert, of course you do, mm-hmm. you know, a couple times into your conversation to see how that feels. Mm-hmm. Um, or I get that. Yeah. And the, just the validation. Yeah. That. Just those simple phrases that we, we try to use and it, we know we're using it, but they still are so comforting. Thank you for listening to the Reconnect Marriage Podcast. The Reconnect Marriage Podcast is hosted by the Reconnect Institute. For more information, you can find us at the reconnectinstitute.com.